Your credit card company found uh, suspicious charges on your card. That's uh, simple identity theft. It's annoying, but uh, they can cover it. Uh, it's the type of fraud you really need to worry about uh, and that uh, can get you keep you up at night. That's home title theft, uh, a devastating crime that takes you off of your home's title, your own home's title. And you're not covered by insurance for most identity theft programs. That's why you need home title lock. It is uh, really easy. Uh, for cyber criminals to get you uh, the title documents on our homes are being kept online so the thief just can forge a signature on a deed and it says that you sold your home and he's the owner owner congratulations throw him a party and then he borrows money using your home's equity and leaves you in debt you won't even know until late payment or eviction notices arrive the instant home title lock can detect somebody trying to do something like this they can help shut it down uh, keep you protected uh, with the home title lock uh, uh, situation they've got going on right now. Go to hometitlelock.com, register your address, and see if you're already a victim. Get rate, uh, 30 risk-free days of protection with the code RADIO. The code is RADIO at hometitlelock.com. This is a duct tape alert. Please fasten duct tape to your head to prevent it from exploding. This is not a drill. Yes, next, your head might explode. Program. Uh, first, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Alan lives in Arkansas. He has been in pain for over two decades now. He got injured in his 20s working as a prison guard and was uh, off work for nearly a year. His back never recovered afterwards, and uh, the longest time he just lived with it, and it wasn't easy. Fortunately, Alan has a wife like my wife. She got tired of listening to his complaints and convinced him, try Relief Factor. When it says she convinced him, I'm guessing it went something like this. Alan, I'm not going to listen to wine anymore if you don't try everything. That's the way it happened with my loving wife. Anyway, all of a sudden, Alan uh, began to realize he was getting up in the morning and he was feeling better. And he just kept on feeling better. Now he says his back feels like it did when he was in his 20s again. It's a miracle for Alan. He got his life back using Relief Factor, and so could you. Relief Factor, it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more because it works. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com, 800-583-84. <clears throat> All right, welcome to the uh, program. So <clears throat> they uh, they have dislodged the uh, the giant cargo ship in the Suez Canal, and the reason why I put you on duct tape alert is uh, because we may be having another co- toilet paper crisis. Now, 
I mean, it's I, been a, it's been a year. It's been why a year. not have uh, another one? As just for the anniversary, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not all go panic and buy a bunch of toilet paper? They're saying because of the Suez Canal being shut down, we may the world may experience a toilet paper shortage. <laughs> and I have to tell you, um, there are many things. Air conditioning being one of them. Um, I think air conditioning and toilet paper are my no go zones. You know what I mean? If they say, Glenn, you can't have air conditioning and sorry, no more toilet paper, bad for the environment. I say, let the planet burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just my line. You know, uh, indoor in, indoor plumbing is uh, is also <laughs> is also on that line. Refrigeration, anything refrigerated, uh, you know, that involves any kind of refrigeration. My house, my actual refrigerator. I mean, certainly, like electricity car. would fall into this. <sighs> Got to have that. Well, if you could find another way to get the air conditioning running and the lights, I guess lights are also. I think there's a lot is of important. there's a lot of things on my. <laughs> we're, what, here's what we're willing to do: nothing. Okay, we're not going to do anything. I'm to willing help. to separate my garbage, but not I, really. Not really. I'm going to put them in the same garbage can. I mean, I'll separate them and then I'll put them in the garbage can. And then uh, knowing that my city is just going to dump them in the same place. Oh, yeah. The only actual use for recycling is the extra garbage can. You have more capacity. Yes. That's the yes. only thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the, you're, they're usually big. Like the right. big green garbage can. You yeah. can fit a lot of non-recyclables in. Right. <laughs> That's so it's great. It. It's great. And uh, <laughs> so we appreciate uh, the environmentalists for that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> They uh, uh, they're now saying that toilet paper may be a shortage because of the Suez Canal. And I'm wondering. I'm I'm, I'm wondering, uh, are those little teeny tugboats that they're using? Are those really is that the best we can do? I mean, as a planet, is that has anybody thought of just taking a like a big old battleship? You know, one that we don't even care about. Make it like a demolition derby. And they're like, I'm going to take the battleship and I'm just going to ram that thing until it comes unlodged. <laughs> I mean, is this really the best we can do? Have you seen the little toot out there? Like, I can do it. I can do it. Can we get bigger boats? <laughs> it doesn't seem that intimidating. You need like <laughs> it a, doesn't. You need a little. But I mean, I don't think <clears throat> destroying the boat in the middle of the canal Not would saying, work very well. Really? Because that's the way. I mean. You know the history of the Suez Canal? I have zero life. No. Zero life. And something tells me you're about to confirm that. I, I am. <laughs> I, the Suez Canal is a fascinating story about how it came. It actually started because a kid was really, really fat. And his dad <laughs> wanted him to lose weight. And he hired a French guy to help him. That's Honest to God, this is how the Suez Canal started. His dad, looking at his son, he's like, you are going to die from an early death. This is in the 1800s, okay, when everybody, when fat was beautiful. So you can imagine how fat this kid had to be. And uh, he's like, you're going to die from, you're too fat. You're too fat. You'll never amount to anything if you're that fat. And uh, he couldn't get his son to stop eating. So he hires a French guy. Now, why would you hire a French guy to do it? The only reason why this French guy happened to be in town was because Napoleon was in town. It was it was Egypt. 
And so this French guy is like, oh, I, I can uh, help your son lose weight. And he gets to know the fat kid and he likes the fat kid. And he's like, look, uh, don't tell uh, don't tell your dad. But uh, I got a little pasta for you. Huh? And so he starts feeding him macaroni. He, he smuggles in macaroni for the fat kid. And the fat kid's like, I love macaroni. Thank you very much. The French are the greatest. And uh, and dad just thinks. My son, I, look, I am doing everything I can. Huh? And the dad is saying, well, my son's not losing any weight. Hmm. Don't look at me. So this goes on for a while. And then there's all kinds of wars and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, millions die. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and things change. Uh, and dad dies. And the fat kid's like, oh, finally, finally, my dad's dead. And he becomes king. He's now the ruler of Egypt. And with all of these things that are changing, the, the Crimea War and everything else, um, there, the planet is changing because everybody was getting all of their goods and services either over land and the Ottoman Empire was, was really in trouble at the time. So those trade routes were being lost. Or you go down south around Africa, which took too long. So that's when the French guy, who was strangely not a dietitian, uh, <laughs> I don't know what exactly he did. I think he was like an engineer. I mean, he was a guy who wanted to build the Suez Canal for a long time. And he says, look, I uh, smuggled the macaroni to you huh? when your uh, papa was saying, hey, fatty fatso, stop eating so much. It was me with the macaroni. And so the fact is like, OK, we'll build. I mean, I'm this is the gist of it. You'd have to. <laughs> this isn't a historical quote. This is not exactly the historical quote, but we don't know. I wasn't there and neither was a historian. They didn't have tape decks back then. So he's like, I got to do it because I want more macaroni. <laughs> and so he builds the he starts to build the canal. Uh, the problem is, is it takes so many people. There's not enough slaves. And he is telling everybody that you have to uh, you have to build the canal and you're a slave. And so, uh, you know, you're a peasant. So you work for me. You're a slave. And uh, now go build the canal. Well, at the time this is happening, something else in the world is happening. Now, this is the part where you, you can look at everyone who says the United States never did anything. The United States is just a horrible place. We are just, you know what we are? We're all about slavery. That's all this country's ever done. Okay. Suez Canal. 60,000 people are slaves building this canal. Something interesting happens. It's called the Emancipation Proclamation. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> now I don't have slaves. I'm not going to get any macaroni. Because... In Egypt, the Emancipation Proclamation, as it did all around the world, shook the world. And so the 60,000 slaves that were digging the Suez Canal also were freed. In fact, the 20 million slaves in, uh, they were called serfs, in uh, Russia, they were also freed because of the Emancipation Proclamation at the time. But I digress. Back to the fat kid with macaroni.
So they build the uh, uh, they build the uh, the canal and all kinds of stuff is happening uh, all around the world at this time uh, there. We are building all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's in the 1860s. And so you're you're looking at um, uh, you're looking at the the building of some of the, the greatest uh, things in the world, the greatest construction we're building canals, we're building tunnels, we're building bridges, everything around the world. Suez Canal is uh, is dug and now it has to be opened. And they have the big opening ceremony and a guy comes and he's like, oh, I've got an idea. Uh, maybe uh, for the opening, I unveil a big statue for you eh? and uh, put it uh, put it right here at the opening of the canal. It's going to be based on the Colossus of Road, Rhodes. And uh, the, like, I, like, I like macaroni. So they don't build the statue. Instead, they build the statue, a 35-foot tall statue, of the guy who snuck the fat kid macaroni. And that was sitting at the opening of the Suez Canal until, uh, until the uh, Egyptians uh, took it from the uh, British in what 18 or 1950s and they blew up that statue but that guy was bertoli that guy was rejected for that statue and he went on to build the statue of liberty it was originally made for the opening of the suez canal now the reason why i'm stopping here is because that was unveiled on the opening of the suez canal the small little statue of the macaroni guy and <laughs> that's his official name or this is if if history were taught like this every kid would know history they would well, they would know the macaroni guy they would know the macaroni guy they'd get the gist of the story mm -hmm. and uh so then all of the kings and queens and everybody from all over the world they're on a barge and they're all going to go down the suez canal and what happens a boat gets stuck right before the opening a boat gets lodged sideways, exactly like what's happening right now. And so what did they do? They blew it up. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> little toot ain't gonna get the job done. <laughs> blow it up. <laughs> and that is the story of the Suez Canal. <laughs> kind of. All right. Let me tell you about uh, timeshare termination. If somewhere along the line you found yourself the less than proud owner of a timeshare, I'm betting that you have regretted it since uh, five minutes after signing the dotted line. You probably haven't used it much, probably didn't use it at all in the past year during COVID. And even if you could, did you get to go to the places that you were really promised? Pretty unlikely, I'm afraid. But are you still paying the maintenance fee? We all know that timeshares are mostly just scams. Not all of them, but mostly just scams. Sometimes we get pulled into them anyway because we think it's going to be a good deal. And now, I mean, can you even afford it? There is a legal way to get out of timeshares, but you need to start the process of getting out and ending the madness. This is not an overnight thing. Don't put it off another day. Timeshare termination team. 888-GET-YOU-OUT. 888-GET-YOU-OUT is the phone number. 
The reason why I want you to call them is because they have a 100% money-back exit guarantee. Timeshare Termination Team. Get the process started today, and you'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare today. Just make sure that you tell them I sent you. If you use my name, you're going to get a 20% discount. It's 888-GET-YOU-OUT. Remember, it is 100% money-back guarantee. You've been scammed enough. 888-438-8688 or go to timeshareterminationteam.com. That's timeshareterminationteam.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, so I don't know if you saw this, uh, Stu, but uh, the White House is now talking about a tax for uh, every mile that you drive. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg bringing that in. Yeah, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's, the, that's because, remember, long ago they said, well, uh, you need electric cars. Yeah. You need an electric car because... Yeah, yeah. You know, though that's good for the environment, and, mm-hmm, and think mm-hmm, you're not going to have to pay for all that gas, and you don't have to pay mm-hmm. any of those gas taxes. That'll be great. Yeah. And then when the gas tax money started to go away, they said, "Well, we can't use a gas tax anymore because no one's paying the gas tax." Yeah, because we have electric cars. <laughs> we have electric cars, and I yeah. pay the gas tax anymore. So now we just need to charge you a dollar per mile, which I think is a dollar per mile. I think it. No, I listen to me. I think <laughs> no, that's it's a, not that high, is it? I would be shocked, but they can't possibly be how much it is. Uh, gas tax anyway, blah, blah, blah. A dollar a mile? No. It can't be. I, I swear I read that. Now I can't find it in this article. I swear I read that this weekend. It can't be. Because that would be crazy. But then again, it's the joke. You know, here's why it didn't even... Until you said that, I'm like, yeah, dollar per mile. Yeah, it just seems. Like I mean, normal. it just seems like, yeah, okay, that could yeah. possibly. Okay, so they're they're thinking about taxing people, which I think goes right in line. Seriously, goes right in line with the no one under four hundred thousand dollars is going to pay a dime in extra taxes. Don't you think? Oh yeah, because I don't I think mean, there's any. If as far as I know, only people who make over four hundred thousand dollars drive cars. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, all yeah. those other people don't have to pay that yeah. tax. And so the good thing is, if you live in New York City, you won't have to worry about it, you know, because you really probably don't drive, which is great. You'll pay a little more for taxis, but aren't you willing to? You won't even notice that, you know, a little more for Uber, you know, but will you notice that? Uh, so all you have to do is live in one of this, these great, great cities with, you know, some sort of a subway or something, which our country is riddled with those with those cities. Just ri- you can't I can't fall down and not be able to touch two different subway systems or a light rail system that is so convenient for me to use. How about you, Stu? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. They're just fantastic. Oh, I'm a huge fan of the light rail. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the good thing about them is their their consistency, which is every time they're created, they destroy the economy around it. Right? Yeah, and they yeah. just and, and when I and I shouldn't say they destroy the economy around it, they just take everyone's money and <laughs> then it gets poured into the light rail system instead of other valuable things. And like the light rail system mm-hmm. that were, it comes right right here, just a few blocks away from our studio. Oh, it's nice. Uh, it's really nice. And the reason why it's so nice, it's been there for decades really mm-hmm. and uh no one ever rides it so it it's like a ghost train yeah it just rides in the middle of the night it rides early in the morning and no one is on it and i just think it's 
I think it's the way it should be. We're saving it for when people really want to write it. You know, I, I like that because uh, it's first of all, it's very spacious. You always have the space because um, no one is on it. The Dallas it's almost literal. The Dallas one is in, in is an insane story. It, it, 1984, it came in. The tax came in. Um, it was supposed to pay for 147 miles of light rail, mm-hmm. but that plan was too expensive, so it was scaled back to 90. Even though the tax stayed the same, obviously. Of so course it did. Obviously, yeah, of course it did. Uh, that only makes sense. 8.2 billion dollars uh, was what it cost, and I, you know, I know I've used it approximately zero times. Glenn, how many well, times I've, have you I've used? lived here? I've lived here now for what? Ten years? Have we lived <laughs> here years. for ten years? Yeah, yeah. I've used it. Uh, never, never. Well, and uh, Sarah, have you ever used the light rail system here? No, no she says no. 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 Um, in fact, that's I don't know anyone that uses because it goes from like nowhere mm-hmm. to other places also where nothing happens. <laughs> and it's one of those things where like I think one of the stops is at the American Airlines Center, like where the Dallas Mavericks play, for example. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. However, it like doesn't run late enough for some of the games. So well, you why go down would there. you? Right. I, why would you? The one time I wanted to take the light rail system, I was with my son. We went to a Mavs game and the game ran, I guess, a little bit late. So they just stopped running the trains. So then I was just down in the you know, center of Dallas with my kid at 1130 at night, which was fantastic. Of course, no Ubers, no cabs, nothing around at that point. So the story ends with him being stabbed. To death. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we are uh, we have something in common with our fellow people here in Dallas. Ninety two percent of people in Dallas have never used the light rail system that they caused yeah, all those, these billions of dollars. Yeah, But those eight mm-hmm. percent, I mean, that's that's good stuff. I mean, it just never goes anywhere and you have to drive to it. Right. It's, it's so I bad. mean, it's just. So they had, it's just ridiculous. It's not New York City. <laughs> they added an extra train line they, and they had a goal of how many you know miles they're going to use. After they made the goal, they added an extra train line and they got an extra two years and they still missed the goal by, by over 40 percent because hmm. no one rides it. Hmm. No one. No one rides it. And it's, it's an incredible thing where you see this thing floating around empty all the time, just going back and forth from, it's like, it's like, it's like Sim City. You'd put the, yeah. that old oh, game, yeah, you just yeah. put the stupid train in there and just ride back and forth and no one would ever be on it. You know, here's the, here's the amazing thing. I've lived in so many cities cause I'm, I'm on the run. I'm on the lam and I've lived in so many cities all across the country. And every time, every time I go to a city, it's like. We should have a light rail. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Every city I've lived in has done it, and it's a waste of money. They never finish it. And then you've got some politician going, hey, well, at least we got light rail. It's great. If we could just get an extension to it, then it would really open up. Don't do it, America. In the meantime, a mileage tax coming your way. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, do you have a combustion engine? Well, you're already evil. But on top of it, that combustion engine probably has some silicon chips in it, which are not evil. We they come from a beautiful valley. Anyway, those silicon chips are expensive. And so when you uh, when you're you know, combustion engine uh, goes wrong, it's probably not the engine that you could run to pet boys and get something and fix. No, no, no. It's probably that cheap piece of plastic 
that thing, oh, that'll set. Well, you need a new chip. Uh, it's going to set you back six grand. Really? The car was 20. That one chip was six grand out of all of the money I paid? That w- Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you don't have to worry about it now if you have Car Shield. Your car breaks down. They're going to send somebody for you. you got a rental car. They're going to pay for the uh, the covered repair. You don't have to front the money. It's great. It's carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. It's carshield.com. Promo code BECK. In Dallas here, every time we, we uh, someone decides to ride the train, we have to pay them $4.21. So just use a little bit of that cash and go to blazetv.com. Promo code is control. This is the Glenn Beck program with some good news. Uh, they just colon blowed that thing out of the canal. So it is free. Yay! Yay! It's free. $9 billion a day in trade were blocked by that. And all they needed to do, Egypt needed a little bit of fiber, and mm. they won't get blocked uh, like that ever again. And uh, I think that's uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Okay. <laughs> So we, um, uh, we're here with Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, welcome to the program, Pat. Thank you. Good to be here, Glenn. So uh, I, I uh, was at church yesterday, and uh, I'm about to lose my mind on the whole mask thing. Yeah. I talk about this almost every week after church, because yeah. <laughs> I am coming out of my skin for yeah. that hour. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I hate the mask. It's so hot. Yeah, it's so hot. It's and so hot. Then and you start singing in it. Well, I'm not going to. I, with the mask, I'm not singing. <laughs> my, not first of all, we're every other pew. So we're already, right. we're, we're a million miles away from everybody. Yep. The, six, the six foot thing it was arbitrary. It's mm-hmm. three. It's three feet for the uh, uh, for the WHO. Why aren't we going with WHO standards? I thought they were so great. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we're sitting there and we're singing, and then people start coming up. Did you get the vaccine yet? Have you had the vaccine? No. Oh, you're gonna get the vaccine. No. <laughs> you're not gonna get the vaccine. No. I've already had COVID. I had COVID. My whole family had COVID. We were <laughs> for a long time. We were sick. We had COVID. I got it. So you're not going to get the vaccine. No, I'm not going to get the vaccine. <laughs> Why your kids going to get it? My kids aren't going to get the vaccine. My kid. Well, you, so you're not you don't want you don't want your family to get the vaccine. No, it's not that I don't want my family to get the vaccine. We already had COVID. Don't need it. Don't need it. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if I wanted to get it, maybe I would. I, I don't recommend to my kids that they get it because it's generally good uh, with kids, I mean, yeah. my my it's kids don't deal. need it. It's not that big of a deal. So when are you going to get it? <laughs> <I'm> not- <laughs> oh. And nothing has changed uh. here in Texas. Nothing has changed. Yeah, Pat and I were just talking Very about little. this because they they do this big. Remember Joe Biden did this Neanderthal thinking speech, yeah, where he was saying that Texas opening up to one hundred percent was going to cause the. And a crash oh, of all humanity. They're going to well, be top piles of dead bodies on every street. And I order. will tell you that we still club women here in Texas and then yeah, well, just drag them by their hair into obviously, the Obviously, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we do that. It goes without saying. That, that was with, that's with or without a mask. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That was way before COVID. I mean, we've been doing that since 1836. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've had 18 consecutive days of downward motion in our numbers here in Texas. In hospitalizations, in infections, in death, in all of it's all going down the opposite happening in michigan right now where the numbers are going up uh, considerably 
Uh, where, mm. where they have not been open 100%. Mm. And it's funny because uh, there's two ways this has gone. One is the Neanderthal thinking, Gavin Newsom saying this is a reckless yeah. behavior and all this nonsense, everyone thinking that it was going to blow up. And, you know, all of us in Texas sort of yawning and rolling our eyes. And on the other hand, nothing has really changed. No, I, I mean, well, you, can, yeah. you can have more people in a restaurant. That's about it. That's the other side. I see yeah, a lot and, of people right? using this as like, well, this proves lockdowns don't work. Not really. We didn't have lockdowns before this and we don't yeah. have them now. It really yeah, doesn't and, seem any different than it was before we made the speech. do what they think is the right thing to do. They do. So, you know, the, the, the Texans are not all walking around just like, I got a French kiss everybody I see today. <laughs> it's not happening. No. It's not happening. They're still wearing masks. And then I'm going to shoot him with my six gun. <laughs> That's not what happens here. Well, well, once in a while. Well, yeah, once in a once while, in a the while. shooting with a six gun, but only those who deserve it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, by the way, speaking of guns, did you hear about Hunter Biden's gun? You know the yeah. Why do you say it that way? Like yeah, a, well. with an accusatory <laughs> kind of because, like, what do you think we're stupid? Is that well? I don't the, think there's a lot of people ill-informed. In, I don't think there's a lot of people in the audience that do know this. Uh, okay. <laughs> now I don't want to share it. Now wow. I don't want to share. It. I feel judged. No, uh, this is no. an unsafe environment. <laughs> this is an unsafe I didn't environment. Mean to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, I Glenn. feel, I, and I it's uh, my feelings that really matter. Even anyway. though my apology won't matter either. So, <laughs> so you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, while the president is pushing gun control, I would just like to stop at the little Hunter Biden mm-hmm. story that we apparently talked about. A long time ago. And I'm going to pretend that I don't remember it. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Why uh, would you pretend that you don't remember talking about it? You like to take credit for every prediction that you've made. Well, uh, I'm going to pretend. I, so I read a story and they were like, the only people that were talking about this was Glenn Beck and the Blaze and the, all the research they did during the, the impeachment. And the, they were the only ones that talked. And I'm like, damn right. <laughs> damn right. I don't re- you didn't remember the... Uh, oh, of course uh, of I course do. You did. You're anyway, just pretending not to. The story begins in 2018 with Hallie Biden. Now, Hallie... Haley. Uh, ha- I think. Why don't Isn't you tell it? the story? Is it Haley? Why don't, you just mm-hmm. tell the, why don't you just tell the story? Well, no. It's your story. I'm just helping with it. Well, you remember did the you story hear from the when Mac- you initially talked about it so did often. You, right. right. Yeah. It was you Who that are you to story? <laughs> and by the way, did you hear my macaroni story on the Suez Canal a few minutes ago? Don't uh, correct yeah. my stories. Right. Okay. They are airtight. So, okay. so Hallie Biden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Bo Biden. Mm-hmm. You want to correct me there? No. Okay. So Bo is uh, Bo's dad and Hallie, the widow starts you know with hunter and uh she's going through hunter's truck due to a quote suspicion she had hmm now we don't know what that suspicion she had was uh but then she found a 38 revolver and uh it belonged to him and apparently it just ended up in a trash can behind a grocery store across the street from a school it happens it happens guns go off <laughs> by go themselves off. and happens. sometimes they're like i am so sick of being i am not going to be treated this way and under a seat in a truck i am i am worth more than that i want to be in that trash can across the street from the school behind the grocery store and so it went off now 
the police are saying that that kind of thing doesn't happen. So she returned to the store later to recover the gun as Hunter had directed her to do, but it couldn't be found. She told the grocery store about the missing gun. Could you imagine that conversation? Hey, um, did you guys find a <laughs> gun in your in your trash cans by any chance? Can you imagine having that conversation? No, I've I mean, never. If somebody walks into a store and is like, if somebody came to me and said, hey, here at the studios, you know your dumpster in the back? Did you guys happen to find, you know, like some weapons in there? <laughs> <laughs> I would immediately call the police, right? You'd be like, for sure. uh-huh. Yeah, you know what? We did. Why don't you wait here for about 10 minutes? <laughs> so she went to talk about the, uh, the uh, missing uh, gun, and this is where things got weirder. The missing gun is uh, particularly uh, worrisome because... The school is right across the street. They were afraid that it would be used, you know, by a uh, used in a crime. While police were questioning Hunter, he also appeared to uh, racially. Pro- uh, he also appeared to racially profile two Mexican grocery store employees, telling officers <sighs> they were probably illegals. So when the cops go to talk to Hunter about the gun that was in the, he immediately throws them under the bus. Oh, okay. All right. Then the police, uh, then the police and the FBI go in, uh, and the police or the FBI tell the police, you know what, we got a federal investigation going on, and uh, so two Secret Service agents with badges and identification cards reportedly pay a visit to the gun store where Hunter bought the firearm earlier that month and told the owner to turn over the firearm transaction record from the purchase. Now, why would you do that? Oh, we want no record of that. We'd like you to give us all the records on that. Well, the store owner was like, I don't think you actually want this for an investigation. (laughs) I'm guessing you want to make all this stuff disappear. So the store owner held on to the uh, paperwork uh, until the ATF came in. And they reviewed the forms, uh, and the Secret Service said, "Oh, we no, we didn't send anybody out. We don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. We didn't, we didn't send anybody out." Uh, it also appears that Hunter may have lied on his federal background check. No, did I don't think there's no, no, any no. way. No, he, he could. may have lied. How is they may have lied? He said it's a little fuzzy on those federal <laughs> forms <laughs> when they a- ask you about. You know, previous drug abuse, with drugs, and you say, and you say no, no. And when blatantly you're on record yeah. having happened. convictions yeah. and stuff. Well, when you were doing coke in a Hertz rental car that you ah. turned back with coke lines still <laughs> on it's the dashboard. Unclear. <laughs> it's unclear. You could easily. It's like, what is abuse? Are you an illegal alien? Right. No, I'm not from space. Why would you call me an illegal right, alien? Right. Mm-hmm. And since when do we ban people from space coming? And can it no. be abuse when it's so much fun? Right. No. You know, yes. I think it's Abused too- drugs? No. <laughs> no Damn it, they abused me for years. Uh, so, uh, so now he answered no to a question in the firearms transaction record. Uh, asking if he was an unlawful user uh, user or addicted to marijuana, any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance. 
And his answer was no. His answer was no. That's no. a felony. Uh, but don't worry, kids. He's part of the elite. He's not going to pay any price for that, I'm sure. Uh, but I just, I just love that this is uh, mm. coming out now. Uh, as Daddy is saying, we have to uh, tighten, tighten the uh, restrictions and ban certain guns. Ban certain yeah. guns, yeah. And, I, but I just like we, we have to really tighten the uh, the background checks because, as his own son has just proven, people lie all the time. People lie all the time. <laughs> If you if you want a drug, let's say you're a drug abuser and you want a gun, you're going to go find one and you'll buy it. Not necessarily from the gun store because you're already buying drugs from a drug dealer. (laughs) It's not like I've got my lines. (laughs) My favorite one was this Boulder shooting. You know, one of the first narratives after they were like, oh, it's got to be a white guy. Once that went away, they were like, well, did you know? That ten days before the shooting, they uh, ban. They were the a judge overturned an AR-15 ban oh. in Boulder, and ten days before that, and this guy bought the the AR-15 like six days before that. Do you believe this? Well, he bought it in another town where they didn't have an AR-15 <laughs> ban. That, it didn't. That is why. That is why we must have it's federal. One. No, that's why we must have it federally. I think yeah. it needs to be global. Because, you know, we need, to, we need to keep these borders open. We can't right. have we can't come up with a disconnect as to why we're fine with open borders. But we need gun laws all over here because obviously they could just bring the guns across the well, border. It's not like you have nefarious people like drug cartels right, right on right. the border that are <laughs> actively making money. Right. Doing things, right. human trafficking, drugs, guns. There's none of that happening. No. no. These are just no. good people. Good people. Good, good people. Good, good people. Bringing people to a better life yeah, in America. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, if you didn't hear uh, Ted Cruz and his uh, his little um, uh, run-in at the border, we'll play it for you next. So we've been talking about Rough Greens now for over a year. It's a supplement you sprinkle on your dog's food that contains all kinds of vitamins and minerals and probiotics, antioxidants, all the stuff that you're going to give to your dog, and it will help him build a happier, healthier life. I told you about my dog, Uno, and how much uh, eating Rough Greens has changed his life. This is not a dog food. This is a supplement you put on the food, and they love it. Now... You don't want to buy a whole bag of this stuff if your dog's not going to love it. You you know put it on and you're like, no, he doesn't like it. So all you have to do is uh, is call Rough Greens or go to their website ruffgreens.com/back and they're going to send you a free bag of uh, Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. If your dog likes it, then order a bag of uh, Rough Greens. You will see a difference in your dog. Warning. Our dogs mm, don't really like to eat their food now uh, if it doesn't have rough greens. So you may have to hurry up and order another because your dog starts to look at you like, and where is it, man? Where's the dog crack? It's rough greens. R-U-F-F greens dot com slash back or 833-G-L-E-N-N-33 rough greens dot com slash back. The Glenn Beck Program. George Floyd's uh, murder trial is happening beginning today. <laughs> Yay! It's going to be so exciting. 
all kinds of good things are going to come out of this. Um, so we have that we're going to cover for you. Also, more on the border. We have um, a local sheriff who wrote an open letter that is really good. Uh, we're going to talk to him coming up in, in just a second. I'll share the letter with you as well. Uh, but let me go back to the border with Ted Cruz over the weekend. He went into one of the border facilities and the Democrats took some uh, photos and released them. And it's a horror show down there. Here's what happened when Ted Cruz was walking through on his tour. Listen. Please respect. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you worked for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules, You keep sir. standing in, in front of the pictures, so Please you don't want the, the pictures rules. taken. The rules are arbitrary, Please and they're designed the to keep the American the people, people in the dark. Please respect the rules and give the people dignity and respect. That's all we ask. Well, dignity no, it's and not. respect. You're asking, is this please, dignity and respect? Look at these people. There, there's a pandemic. Please give dignity and respect to the people. Let, let me ask, ask you. you. There, there's a I pandemic. I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Like is this respecting the rights of these kids? I ask you. Please respect Are you respecting the, the rights of these this kids? This is not a zoo, sir. Please yeah. don't treat the people. You're right. And this is a dangerous place. Please don't treat the people like And your policies, like this. unfortunately, are trying to hide them. I understand you were instructed. When 18 I senators ask you came to down here, respect the people, give them dignity I respect, and respect them, and I want to fix this situation. We all want and to fix this. The administration this, you're working for is responsible. How for dare you conditions. not know what she's trying to say? Mm. Give these people dignity and respect as we mistreat them and put them in a, like an Arby's warming ovens. It's the Glenn Beck program. Well, between the news, appointment TV, endless scrolling on our phones, we're looking at our screens, unfortunately, more than ever. But how do you rest your eyes without feeling totally unplugged? Well, put on a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds and listen to something great. Whether you're listening to your favorite podcast, an audiobook, or working out to a pumped-up playlist, Raycons are built to perform anywhere, anytime, with water and sweat-resistant construction and seamless Bluetooth pairing. There are no dangling wires or white stems that are poking out of your ears. They're really comfortable, come in a variety of colors for maximum style and six hours of playtime, so you can unplug for a good long while. Best part? Raycon wireless earbuds start at half the price of premium audio brands like Apple. So you can pick up a pair and a spare. Right now, get 15% off Raycons at buyraycon.com slash Beck. That's buy, B-U-Y, raycon.com slash Beck. 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds, buyraycon.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Are you kidding me? I mean, who wants, who doesn't want the Passport app? A vaccine passport? I think that's great. Either that or I'll just stay home and eat built Bars uh, and watch whatever crappy thing comes out, you know, or not on Netflix or... You don't care. As long as you're at home eating built Bars. I'm just so lazy. I just want to, you know, eat my built Bar and lose weight. It's a protein bar. It has exactly everything in it you need. It tastes like a candy bar. It's made with real chocolate. Um, they, man, these things used to taste like either like a doormat or something that came out of Dow chemical. These are great. They're healthy for you. They have three to five net carbs, low in calories, high in protein. The flavors are outrageously great. Just try them. If you've never tried a Built Bar, uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code BECK15 and save 15% on your next order. Use the promo code BECK15. Save 15% off now at BuiltBar.com. Get get the um, uh, mixture 
box, the one that has a little bit of everything on your first try, you're going to love them. BuiltBar.com. Nothing ever changes on the border. I mean, it's changed one time in my lifetime. One time. And that was with Donald Trump. He was serious about it. He did the things that he had to do to keep us safe and to keep our borders secure. This problem, however, when we have Republicans and Democrats going up, nobody ever seems interested in in actual solutions here because it's too valuable as a political football. Democrats, Republicans, neither side wants the game to end because and we're going to take their ball away and they have nothing to play. Meanwhile, law enforcement officers, the people who are actually down at the border, those who are police officers, border patrol or sheriffs, those who work along our border are left to deal with a messy reality and so are the citizens on that border i'm going to introduce you to a sheriff who has some who is who wrote a letter that you need to hear i'm going to give you excerpts of it that you really need to hear because he describes a a country in deep deep trouble that is ignoring some really bad signs we are enabling very bad people to hurt us and our country. We begin there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, it's uh, really, this uh, next interview is really not for you if you're, you know, still wanting to play the game. Cindy lives in Texas. Many years she suffered intense pain in her neck and shoulders and her back. She tried a lot of things to try to get to feel better, but nothing really worked. Or if it did, it was the kind of thing that made her feel like not herself. That's one thing that Cindy didn't want. She heard about relief factors. She was skeptical at first. It's just hard to rush in and try something new when you've been burned plenty of times before. Believe me, Cindy, I understand that point of view. But in the end, she decided to at least give it a try. She ordered a three-week quick start. This is what I recommend you do. I love this from the company because they openly admit about 70% of the people go on to order more because it works for them. So just try it because they found it's about three weeks. You learn whether or not it's going to work and they don't want to, you know, gouge you for for something and trap you into something that it's not working for you. So just try it for three weeks. At the end of three weeks, if you don't feel like uh, I did or feel like Cindy did, stop taking it. But if you feel like Cindy did and I do. Order more. It's Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Get your life back like Cindy did. Relieffactor.com. Recently, an Arizona sheriff named Mark Daniels shared an urgent letter on Facebook. And I would love for you to read the whole letter, but I want to share just a couple of excerpts from it. He writes... 
the current conditions on the border are impacting public safety in our communities and by any reasonable measure constitute a humanitarian crisis. We remain immersed in politics rather than solutions. In Cochise County, Arizona, they have a sophisticated camera system along the migrant routes across the border. These cameras detect significantly more traffic than our federal partners report capturing. In fact, our estimates are that only 28% of the people crossing illegally are taken into custody. Now, I want you to think about the numbers that we have. Think about the numbers that have crossed already. If that's only 30%, the numbers are staggering. And where are these people? TCOs, transnational criminal organizations, are exploiting the migrant crisis to ensure the redirection of law enforcement resources away from the interdiction of illegal drugs into this country. They know that increased migrant traffic, especially children, overwhelms resources and essentially gives them the unfettered ability to traffic drugs into the U.S. Make no mistake, this is a deliberate tactic. On top of a public safety and humanitarian crisis, we may now add a public health crisis. There should be an outcry from those persons who have expressed concern about the COVID pandemic. Arizona's border sheriffs are not interested in the politics of the current crisis or perceived political ideological victories. We need policies from Washington, D.C. that discourage rather than incentivize undocumented in, uh, immigration. The time for politics and partisanship has passed. Sheriff Daniels is exactly right. The covid situation alone should be enough to seal the border, especially for those who are panicked over the COVID crisis. Right now, we have in the center of Dallas, Texas, we have a convention center that is filled with illegal aliens who have not been tested and can come and go apparently as they please. Due to Mexico's extremely low rate of testing, we have no idea how bad it is. The death toll, however, in Mexico is probably around 300,000. Just last Friday, Argentina suspended flights from Mexico. All of our schools are closed. Yet migrants and minors are flooding over the border and we're housing them. And we are not giving money to the cities, especially down on the border. On President Biden's first day in office, he signed an executive order halting construction of the border wall. Now Sheriff Daniels is here to point out that the unfinished portions of the border have simply provided infrastructure, mainly roads for the drug cartels. It is, according to a study, it is now a multi-billion dollar business for these cartels, human trafficking. The same report finds that in order to pass through the territories of drug traffickers, migrants have to pay drug taxes or cartel taxes as much as $180 million a year. What are we doing our elected leaders refuse 
to come back to common sense. Some issues must be apolitical, and this is one of them. And if they won't make it apolitical, we must insist that they do. And we must insist not to play politics on the border. Just talk about the real facts. Sheriff Daniels is uh, here with us now. Sheriff, how are you, sir? Good, Glenn. The letter says it all. It really does. It is uh, very, very clear. Tell me what is happening in Cochise County. Well, I, I, to understand where we're at today, it's, it's best to understand where we came from. And you hit it in your intro with me, was the fact that President Trump, I've worked this border for 37 years. President Trump was the first president to actually emphasize and do everything he can within his power to secure our border. Right. It's not immigration, two different programs, border security. And we were very close with him, sheriffs, police chiefs, mayors, governors, um, DHS, CBP, all the way through in his administration. When president, and we, we've come so far, we truly have. It's the best it's been. The ranchers tell me, everybody asks, well, how do you know it's the best it's been? First of all, our stats show us that. Second of all, the people who live on the rural border down here, the ranchers, the farmers, the citizens say, this is the best it's been in three decades. So that's the best measure of, uh, of a test. So we come to current time when President Biden signed the executive order day one, which obviously was politically driven, ideology driven. When he did that the first day, it sent a message to the cartels and those vulnerable people that, hey, and, that, hey we're coming across, we're opening up the border. And he stopped the construction on the border, which stopped subterranean technology, revenue, resources, and the physical barrier. Uh, my three checkpoints are shut down in my county. I got a border patrol t- station shut down in my county for responding to help my deputies. Mm. I got my aerostat shut down. And I just learned Friday they removed me from the Homeland Security Council. Oh, my um, gosh. Because of the letter? I think it was a collective effort that and, – and they were wise what they did. They removed the majority of every member on the Homeland Security Council, which was formed after 9-11, to help advise DHS – for communities and for this country. So all but three people were left on the advisory council, the chair, vice chair, and a past chair. The rest of us got letters unannounced. And it starts off like this, Glenn says, I'm honored to address you in the first paragraph, second paragraph, it removes us. Um, What a kick. But it's the first time in history that a president and secretary, this administration, has removed anyone from that council. And what a worse time. We're in a chaos crisis on this border, and you're going to take the group that's been selected throughout the country to help advise you into the future, help you navigate these issues, and then you remove them. So Uh, wait, 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 wait. So this is because I, I am concerned about the humanitarian crisis. But I am equally concerned. Uh, I'm not blinded by that, by what the drug cartels are doing, but also the, you know, other than Mexicans, the the um, Iranians, the Syrians, the fact that the drug cartels will smuggle uh, guns and drugs and terrorists into this country. Uh, nobody's talking about those things. So tell me, this was developed after 9-11. What could their reason be for flipping everybody on that board? Well, and the first thing that comes to my mind, Glenn, is politics. 
uh, political ideologies. They want to have their own. They don't. They want the avoidance of this. And having people on the advisory council that speak very loud, their their business, their consultants, their federal judges, all the people that have come through that, sheriffs, police chiefs that have been now removed uh, on that, it, it just silence that it silences that voice. Once again, and one thing I've seen since this has happened is the lack of transparency, the lack to share any kind of plans. In fact, in the letter, it talks about we're going to develop a plan. Well, don't you think any logic on this would you'd have a plan in place before you get rid of your current members who have served honorably, have served? I worked on the sub uh, the technology committee. I worked on youth violence. I worked on faith violence. I mean, spent a lot of time to help our communities and with us. Again, stroke of the pen, we're gone. We're gone. So, again, it silences everything. There is there is no transparency with this. And I've spoke to DHS at senior leadership, uh, working with the National Sheriff Association. We're, we, they have no answers for us. We're past due on questions and answers in this country. Okay. Uh, Mark, will you hold on for a second? We're talking to the sheriff of Cochise County, uh, Arizona. I want to talk to you specifically about when Biden just stopped the building of the border wall in your county. That was really, really bad. And I want you to explain why in 60 seconds. If you're thinking about getting, you know, out of that big city you've been living in. Oh, I mean, it's going to be beautiful, you know, especially coming this fall with the fire and the brimstone. That's oh, it's going to be great. So anyway, uh, some some cities, some states have turned into small little dictatorships and people have been moving away from the bigger cities in droves. If you're one of them or if you're moving for any other reason, please reach out to realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free service to you, and I don't want you just to take my word for it or this company's word for it. This is my company. Uh, We did our homework on these agents. We try to find the ones who have the same kind of values that you have that will work day and night, have the right kind of uh, advertising, so they already have traffic coming to their website to help sell your uh, your property quickly, um, and they have the knowledge and the team behind them to help you know uh, what the right price is to sell, how to fix your house if you need to up that price, and you know what the right price is for the house that you're going to buy. Just interview them. Free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I'm just, you know, Sheriff, I'm just looking at your, uh, uh, your resume uh, you are uh, really, really, uh, your background is, is right exactly what we need, especially in a, in a place like Cochise County. I, I, I'm stunned now that uh, they're, they're not listening to you. Tell me, what, tell me what the border wall was doing and why it was so bad to stop it on day one. What has that done? Well, besides sending a message to the cartel that we have an open border, and that's literally the message that's been sent. We hear that from uh, those coming across illegally because the opportunity is now, and truly they're coming across for that reason. In my county, um, when they stopped 
both physical barrier, the, the technology and the resources, what that's done is left my border in disarray down here. President Trump was the first president after three decades to push beyond what the physical barrier was in the early 90s from Operation Stone Garden, or Operation Stone Garden, excuse me, Operation Gatekeeper and Hold the Line were two programs that kicked off our physical barrier and what it is today. President Trump pushed beyond that. First president in three years, or 30 years to do that. So by now we have a border that was under construction. We have six foot uh, trenches, just wide open. We have uh, low line areas where they're putting in bridges, where the cement culverts are in there and they're putting the the cages over so they can put the cement in there to finish the bridges mm-hmm. that's just sitting there, open uh, cables hanging out of the ground. It's in disarray. It's like building a house halfway and stopping and then walking away from the project. What worries us in a couple of months when our, our monsoon season, our wet season hits, it's going to wipe out these, what they're supposed to be a brand new road along the southwest border here mm-hmm. in my county. That's not going to happen. The, the whole thing's a mess. We're in worse shape now than we were when we started uh, this uh, project. And so it's... And you said and that the there's board. you said that there is infrastructure that they the drug cartels are using the roads etc that were made for the construction. Is that in your that county? Is, you you are correct. And what they did was up on the backside of a very very frequent smuggling area for the cartels because it's been concealed up there behind the mountains. They blasted roads, took them off six months to a year to put the infrastructure in behind the mountains back into the, the flatlands just to get the equipment and the trenching up there to put the fence in. Well, they got the infrastructure in, but they never got a chance to put the, the physical barrier in. So now we have, I call them walking paths that are better than most national parks mm. where they come up and walk right down to the flatlands. And uh, once again, once again, it's uh, there was no reasonable um, <clears throat> closure to this this project, and as a result of this, uh, we have chaos on our board just on the the technology and physical barrier side. So nobody is talking. We are all talking about these kids in cages um, and the humanitarian crisis. What is left behind are these small communities that are right there on the borders that that are getting dumped. All of these people are coming in. You know, it's a crisis because the federal government doesn't have space for them. Well, the ones that they really don't have space for, they're just putting on buses and they're just sending to cities all across the country. And the border towns are the first ones to get hit hard. And there's no help from the federal government. There's not. You look back in 2019, Glenn, where the caravans and surges that President Trump took on and addressed. In the first nine months, we had 141 countries hit our southwest border. And I got to say this. I know the focus is on the children. On the, in the first nine months, we had 3,500 children that were being exploited by the cartels. And what that means, they were coming across with a, an adult expedited into the country because they had a child with them. Mm-hmm. Then the children were brought back to Mexico and recycled back in the U.S. just to get people in the U.S. This cartel has its thumb and hand on everything going on in the southwest border. In my county, it's $6,000 a head to come across our country, into our country, excuse me. And then they become servant to the cartels, whether it be sex trade, drug. Uh, gangs, enforcer, whatever it may be. And and unfortunately, the national media is painting a picture of these, these poor kids. And I agree. I agree. In 2014, when the cages first came alive, that was actually under President Obama. And again, we've evolved. And I do like your point that it seems like nobody can fix this problem. We have the most powerful leader in the country, and that's our president. But we fight it. Including President Trump will put a lot of effort on this border. 
I've gone through a lot of presidents in my 37 years. I'm telling you, it's it's rather disgusting because it's like we're left out of the U.S. when it comes to security, being American, uh, our constitutional rights are on the southwest border. What can the American people do to help you? They need to stand up and be united because why were the attention of the national media when, uh, exclusively when it comes to the children? What's happening is everything going on the southwest border, whether it's drugs, whether it's national security issue, whether it's a health pandemic issue, COVID, whatever it may be, it's coming into your neighborhood. Uh, we might be the the gate to it all, but it's coming into your neighborhoods. They're not staying in my communities until they can find the means or the national or, um, the non government organizations can get them out of here. Right now, we see charter buses all the time. Fifteen hundred dollars uh, a hit to get kids out of our county. Fifteen hundred dollars. You see. Almost every day you're seeing them pulling out of my county. So the only thing holding my county right now, Glenn, um, with some kind of balance is Title 42, which is the health pandemic, central travel only, which means internationally we restrict who's coming in the country. In Texas, what they're doing is the state below Texas and Mexico will not let the U.S. expel them back into their uh, state in Mexico. In my county, the state of Sonora, is still allowing that. April 21st, that's supposed to expire. If that opens up, our southwest border will be flooded. Not just in Texas, but flooded. Mark, we will stay in touch with you. Um, uh, I'd like to talk to you some off the air. Um, So uh, thank you for everything that you're doing. But we'll be in touch. We're not done uh, with the coverage. and, uh, And I appreciate your letter. And I appreciate your willingness to speak out. Stay safe and uh, don't give up on the rest of America yet. I know you're not going to. I'm not going to. I have hope in my oath. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Daniels. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Time's running out for you to get free premiere activation with Patriot Mobile. So you need to hurry up and make the switch. Um, I, I don't know which mobile service that you are with, but a lot of these big mobile companies... Uh, I would make the bet that uh, they are helping fund some of these crazy things and pushing us further and further uh, into uh, a great reset, a a country that you don't recognize. They are funding Planned Parenthood. They're funding anti-Second Amendment stuff. You've got to switch and be with a company that believes in the same things that you do. If everyone within the sound of my voice right now made the switch, you would send a real message to these companies. And the problem is nobody's sending the message. The left is sending the message. You go this way and we protect you and we're gr- you're great. But nobody is saying, hey, I've got a better service, cheaper, and you'll send a message. Except Patriot Mobile. Go there now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch now. 972 Patriot. Wouldn't you like to see more pictures of Glenn and myself? <laughs> oh, that? man. We're great visually. No. Uh, go to Instagram. It's <laughs> at Stu Does America and at Glenn Beck. Follow today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We really need your help. And I want to talk to those people who live in and around the cities where uh, our border is. Uh, I want to I'm going to start by telling you a story. When I was at CNN, 
we, oof, can you believe I even said that? When I was with CNN. I remember those days. Had a really good cafeteria. Like the best, uh, best cafeteria, cafeteria of any ever. place yeah. I've ever worked. Anyway. It's true, man. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it was misery outside of the cafeteria. But the cafeteria was, yeah, was awesome. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, when we were at CNN, I don't remember the story, what, what the first story was that broke about the border. But it was, I think, about the kidnapping of American citizens. You never ever hear this story but american citizens are just ghosted they're just gone and there is fairly i would say 90 percent sure it's accurate that there are these roman coliseums on the other side of the border run by these cartels and they use them to set an example uh, and they literally have people fighting each other to the death and fighting against lions and and everything and they ghost people not only is it the citizens uh, on the other side that cross the drug cartels but also citizens here and we come up with all kinds of excuses not to talk about them, but it is happening. And these drug cartels prey on beautiful girls on this side of the, uh, the border, and they take them in, and sometimes they are just sex slaves for the cartels. Nobody wants to talk about this, and here's why. When we were at CNN, we started to go down this path and we were doing investigation on it. And to CNN's credit, they didn't stop us at the time, uh, but they didn't really support us. They weren't they were, excited about they it. weren't excited about <laughs> it. OK, uh, but they didn't ever say any more than they usually did, which was usually I can't believe this guy is on the air. Let's fact check everything six times to frustrate them so much that they'll leave but we became better journalists because it because of our time there because we had to be buttoned up so we were doing it and i had a, a parent on the border that was a was a source for us and i had this parent on the air and then all of a sudden i could no longer get a hold of that parent that person, one exposure on the air. And I'm not even sure that we put their name. Yeah, we did, because they wanted to talk about their daughter. And uh, that person no longer would talk to us. Was like, don't call me anymore. Don't talk to me anymore. Obviously, they were in danger. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Then we had a reporter down on the border that was doing a piece on the drug cartels and the missing Americans. We had one exposure with that person and no more. That person was absolute a ghost to us. It happened over and over again. And uh, and we were blocked at every at every turn, not from internal forces, per se. Then I went to Fox and I remember sitting in the in the uh office with roger ailes and i said to him this is when we first started and i said roger there's a couple things i'm passionate about we have to expose what's happening with the drug cartels on the border these are missing citizens and i went over all of it 
and he said, go, go. I said, so we have your backing? He said, absolutely, go. Well, we did up to a point. I remember doing a show. If you watched all of my shows back then, you might remember I was very emotional because I felt like I had abandoned all of those parents that were not willing to talk on the air, but were were begging for someone to help find their children. And I feel like I felt like I had betrayed them. And I got on the air and uh, in my usual weepy form, Mm -hmm. I talked directly to the parents and I said, consider us the Alamo. We are not going to give up. And we have plans and we're going to be pursuing these stories. Well, all of a sudden, there were no satellite uh, availabilities uh, on the border. We couldn't get any reporters to help us. Um, I went to Roger and I said, can you, can, can, Roger, we just need one reporter. I don't even have to break the news but I can point them in the right direction to follow it. Now we're, you know, we're down the road on other things to stay focused on Obama. I know, but this is part of this is part of that. And I, again, I don't need the credit. Get this, give it to the news department. Okay. We'll think about it. Well, that never happened. We never got the resources. We could never talk to anyone because you speak to them once and then it's over. I would like to talk to you if you happen to have any information that you want to give. I own this show, this company, and I will. It's me. I only answer to me. Uh, I mean, I have partners along the way of Premier Radio Networks and and the Blaze, but I can do what I want. Um, And my wife this is the only time she's ever told me no on things. Uh, she does not want me involved uh, on these border stories. And we have talked about it and we have cried for the families. And she is like, there's only so much you can do. And no. But this story is not about the children on the border. This story is about the drug cartels on the other side. We cannot empower them. We, we are giving them, just from this border crisis, $180 million a year. Plus everything else that they're smuggling through. We are handing our cities, we are handing these children over to the drug cartels. And, and we can solve this. You just must secure the border and then say, let's have an orderly way. Look, I understand if I were in Mexico and my town was run by a drug cartel and everybody's being killed in the streets and it's bad. I mean, do you remember the pictures we got? We had a reporter send us pictures where mm. this and there were several of them where they were bowling with human heads, uh, where there, it, there was a road um, into this one town where they were actually crucifying people on the sides of the road to let you know exactly what happens to those who stand against it. It, it, is, 
America must know what it is empowering. And politics are going to get too many people killed. I have done work to try to stop the sex trade. It is an abomination what happens to these children. Remember, there is nothing, nothing. There's, do you, tell me where Jesus gets really pissy. It's people profiting off of the temple and uh, also children. You might as well have a millstone around your neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea. He's very clear what's happening we know about. But nobody, I shouldn't say we know about, I know about. The people in the media know it. They just won't say it and they won't look into it. They won't follow. And the people who are living in these border towns, they are afraid, rightfully so, they are afraid for their life. We're never going to solve this if we keep making this about politics and we're not telling you the real story. This is not about children. As I said, if I lived in Mexico and my town was being rugged, I would do the same thing they're doing. Even if it was just one of my children, go. In my wife's family, Uncle Leo came here from Italy. Because they thought the entire family was going to be wiped out. And so he was sent here because he was born in America on a vacation. So he was an American citizen. He was 16 years old, all by himself, dumped into New York City. Why would you do that as a parent? Can you imagine doing that? Because the whole family they thought was going to be wiped out. And the only safe place for the family was America. So don't tell me you wouldn't do this if the situation were reversed. But we have to have a humane way to do it and an orderly way to do it. And we must secure the borders first. I I don't know how we reach our friends because now everything is about politics. Everything. How is it that when they're they're screening the jury uh, up in uh, Minneapolis for the um, uh, for the case that's opening today, the uh, what's his name George Floyd, George Floyd yeah. case. How is it that the jury is asked by both the prosecution and the defense questions about COVID? What does that have to do with this case? Because they were covert questions to find out if you were liberal or conservative. How can a disease become political? Everything is. If we truly care, we can't make this about politics. We have to pursue the truth. Too many people are not interested in that. They don't care about the cages that these kids are in right now. And can we stop calling them kids? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are little kids, but they're also like a lot of them 15-year-old boys, 15, 16. Even Biden said the overwhelming majority are 15, 16, 17-year-olds. Right. And those aren't 
children children yes they are i mean i have a 16 year old son i don't want him mistreated and i don't want him in but these are being sent for a reason let's stop with all of the things that are trying to play on our hearts and give our heart a chance to actually embrace the things that are dangerous and are true I don't know exactly what I'm asking you for other than your prayers and your support. But if you live on the border, if you're a sheriff, if you feel like nobody is listening to you, if you have things that need to be shared, you need to show what's really happening. I'm listening. Back in a second. Take a look at that zucchini and squash. I mean, when I look at that big, thick chunks lined up on the grill next to some broccoli and cauliflower, I say, yum, it's <laughs> dinner time. Oh, the Brussels sprouts as they're just starting to turn brown and the asparagus. I mean, I I'm sorry if I'm making your mouth water like crazy. Stu just looked at me like mm, <laughs> it sounds it's pretty good. Oh. By the way, I went to a Chinese restaurant the other day and I ordered something chicken and it came, it had chicken in it. And then it was just these square, like there were like rectangles. Oh, are you going to Tofu Town? I I didn't order tofu. I don't want tofu in it. <laughs> Especially when you order a chicken dish. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was it what? good though? The tofu? Yeah. The the plate loved it. it oh, really? just, It was like, <laughs> he didn't let even... me have this. Just put that on the edge of the food. And I was like, okay, plate. Wow. So I didn't, I did, I did not want to deprive my plate or the garbage can of any of that. <laughs> anyway, Rectec. Uh, I mean, you, you know, put the veggies on the Rectec, man. You can, and they're good. I'm actually eating probably. 80%, 90% of my food now is vegan, not even vegetarian. It's mm. vegan. My daughter is a really good cook, and I don't ask, I don't want to see it assembled. I don't, I just told her, that looks like a big square piece of tofu. I'm never going to eat it. Right. Mix it into, make so it look she good. mixes and she mm -hmm. fools me all the time, and it's really, really good. But anyway, I digress. Can we please talk about a steak for a second? You can do all these great things, uh, you know, on uh, the Rectech, but it is a grill, a smoker. It, it can bake. It has smart grill technology. A, B, compare with the best grill that you can find. And you've never had bean curd if you haven't had it on oh a Rectech. Oh, my gosh. Delicious, the is delicious the, bean the curd. The beans just keep falling through the little slats. And oh, gosh, no. darn it. Oh, man. Uh, check Rectech out. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech.com. You were listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're so glad that uh, you're here today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have uh, a lot yet to cover in, uh, in next hour. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like to buy a home in California. There is a story of these two buyers, and they are not alone. These two buyers in California that bought a house, closed on it in January, paid for it, signed the papers. Then the former owner decides, eh, it's not going to move out. He has the money, 
it's all gone through. He signed the paper, but he's decided he's going to live there. And the owners of the house can't do anything about it. The joys of living in a progressive world coming up. The Glenn Beck Program. So, um, Antifa decided to go to the Capitol in Oregon and uh, storm the Capitol. So, sound familiar at all? Sound familiar? I mean, you probably, a little, you probably don't know the story because it was not even worth covering, really. Really? Yeah, yeah it's it not. It seems like an insurrection. Yeah, well, they, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Somebody was fed up with it, and uh, they, were, they were shooting paint pellets at his car, and he got out and said, stop. And they didn't, and they started shooting paint pellets at him, and he was armed, and he pulled his gun out and said, stop right now. He didn't point it at him. But that's the kind of that's the kind of Trump supporting crazed maniac Mm. that is out on our streets with guns. It just Antifa just wanted to. They thought his car needed some new paint and they were all there with some paint. And I think they were doing him a favor. That's how out of control things are. We'll tell you the follow up story. Coming up, we begin the last hour of the broadcast in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So, Stu, why don't you take this out? This is the, uh, there's a um, a gold bar that I have to send back, and I really don't want to send back. I'll, I'll take think care of it. I'll send it back for you. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Do you You're think busy. You're so busy. You think, I'll take it, and right. then don't worry about it. We'll see each other when we see each other. Do you, you know? think that they will... They would notice that we just took a two by four and just cut it into a shape of like this and spray painted it gold. If we send it back, here's the thing: you ever see that trick where you where if you cut a pizza a certain way, yes, you can make it look like you you could take a piece of it and it yeah. put it back together and it looks like the whole pizza. Exactly we right. We can kind of do that with this thing. We'll just shave the top and the bottom off of it. Yeah. Anyway, what we're talking about is a nine pound bar of gold that is uh, sitting here. Uh, Stu could just barely even open the box that it's in. It is. It's a Ziploc bag. It's so small, and it it seems a lot heavier, doesn't it? Yeah, nine pounds. Really dense. Yeah, it's like a black hole, Mm. and it's it's a bar of gold from uh, the eighteen fifties or sixties. It's marked how much? Twelve thousand. Twelve twenty six forty one ninety six. So just a little over twenty five hundred dollars. Twenty five hundred dollars for nine pounds of gold. So what's changed? The value of the dollar that's what's that's what's changed uh the gold isn't worth more the dollar is worth less than it was in the 1860s um and this is an actual piece of really cool history this was found on the bottom of the uh, atlantic ocean just off the coast of i think north carolina um and had been sitting there for over a hundred years and now there's a few of these bars that are up for sale and if you're interested i mean it's three hundred thousand dollars but if you're interested <laughs> bill <laughs> there's gotta be like one per- we should just call him um this is a piece of gold that you can't confiscate really because it's i mean it's a yes it's a bar of gold but it is a real big history piece as well for and, america and the bigger thing of course is you don't have to buy 
a no. giant gold bar for three hundred thousand no, they, dollars. They've you can actually still get gold yeah. for a lot less money. Yeah, than that. it's kind of like you remember when you were a kid and you had a business plan and you were like, "All we need is one buyer. Why don't we just we'll make something and charge you know ten million dollars for it? We only have to make one." Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. So they've uh, they've got smaller pieces of uh, gold as well. They're standing by to take your call. Please take the um, the fall of the dollar seriously. Please don't be surprised by that. Call for all the information at eight six six Gold Line eight six six Gold Line or goldline dot com. We could make that into a tooth. <laughs> Oh, yeah, bring it in. I have somebody bring it in to me, will you, Sarah? Um, so I, I read an article, um, and it's so funny because people send me these articles all the time, and they're like, Glenn, you got to buy this. And I'm like, you know, it, it's George Washington's hair is up for sale, and not a lot of it, just like a clipping of his hair. $1.7 million. $1.7 million. Seems a bit creepy to me, honestly. Like, uh, it seems like something a stalker does is like hold on to someone's hair. Yeah, it does. Well, it seems creepy to us, but this was the thing back then. You, you, autographs were worthless. They Nobody asked for an autograph. Oh, so it was instead of autographs, you get yeah. somebody's hair? Yeah, it was because it was deeply personal to them. Big fan of your work. Can I get some of your hair? Is that Isn't really that crazy? That's what people did? Yeah. And then the person would just cut some of their hair off? Well, no. It's like this stopped, you know, around, you know, in the 1900s. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really kind of ended. In the in the 1800s, it started to fade a great deal. Um, but that was the thing. And so there's only so much hair. And so you'd have to be a very special person to get a, a lock of the person's hair. And it was usually after they died. So this mm. particular thing that's up for auction for $1.7 million is a lock of George Washington's hair. Have mm. you seen the picture? No. Oh, you got to uh, you, you just look it up real quick. You won't believe it. It's not a lot. I mean, I've lost more in my sink uh, than this <laughs> than this is. Uh, it was cut from his head on his deathbed. Do you see it? uh yes here's here a picture go. here's a, a big picture of it i've got a big picture of it it's like not no, a lot no it's you a few pull strands. that out of like your you know your drain in the shower Ooh, yes i know so oh but wouldn't you love that and i could wear it around my neck <laughs> you'll see that this that's what this is it's just like a, a clipping of his hair and it's between two pieces of glass in like a locket for a chain mm-hmm. okay that's not a lot of hair million dollars because it comes with a letter that says general washington's hair cut from his head in 1799 by john pierce i think it is of uh philadelphia uh sent it to me i received it and then the signature of the guy so it's it comes with real provenance you know that it actually is his hair but here's the thing when I saw this, I thought 1.7. Holy cow, what is going on? I mean, is it the whole head? Can we make a lamp out of the skin, too? I mean, how much hair is it? Um, because we have a couple of pieces of his hair. 
Um, there is as much hair in this. It's just tightly braided. This is a little locket that was given to uh, Martha Washington when he was when he died. She cut a lot of his hair off and she would give it to relatives and to really special people. Different times, different times, different, different times. Different times. Uh-huh. Um, so this is a locket that went around uh, the person's neck and you could see it's br- tightly braided. It's not a lot of hair, but it's about the same amount of hair tightly braided. I don't even know what we paid for that, but not one point seven million dollars and not even not even close to that. Um, this just shows you how crazy things have gotten. Um we also have in the Mercury One vault. What are you? Why are you shaking your head? Right in the little center the box little window. Yeah, you can barely see it. Yeah, but that is actually his hair. That's actually his hair. Hmm. Now we have in the uh, in the Mercury One vault as well, and I bet you we. I can't. I'd be shocked if we paid more than ten grand for it. Maybe. Um, we have maybe maybe if we bought it in the in the last 15 years, which I don't think we did, maybe it, it was 50 grand, but okay, yeah. couldn't have been more than that. And to be clear, this is a museum buying this. Yeah, it's a museum. This yeah, like, this is know, just like, hey, yeah, I got 50 I grand got for it. hair. Hey, I got to get some of his hair. <laughs> no, this is to preserve because, again, at the time. These things were more important than even a letter from George Washington, which is weird. Is it? Would you say it's even more important than like a Suez Canal light? Which is it that important though for American history? Could it be more important? Did than I Suez? not? Were you not amazed by the Suez Canal uh, history I gave you today? The lesson on the Su- the macaroni guy story the, from the beginning the of the fat show. Kid with the macaroni. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the Suez Canal. That's the greatest story ever. Well, not the greatest story ever, but a pretty good story. It's in the top 100,000 stories. And I will, I will say, however, you were story able ever. to tell it completely without the light. I mean, here right. you are, a guy who Shut owns up. the Suez Canal light, and you didn't Shut need up. the light at all to tell the story. Shut up. The are Canal. you working for my wife? Are you working for my wife? <laughs> so anyway, um, so we have a ring, and I apparently in the other vault, um, and should be, man, we should bury this thing like in a nuclear silo we have a ring of a lock of george washington's hair that was cut by martha washington on his deathbed just like this then she gave it to um alexander hamilton alexander hamilton then gave it to his daughter she braided the the hair it's unbelievable i don't even know how you would braid a lock of hair but she braided a lock of hair and it's really beautiful i mean for creepy hair things right um and he was he thought that was so beautiful he made it into a ring and gave it to her so it's a ring bigger than this one and the the uh, circle is what about an inch around it's an oval it's gold ring with a lock of his hair braided by Alexander Hamilton's daughter and given from Martha Washington to Alexander Hamilton. I mean, it's got to be you think that'd be much I, more valuable than what they're talking about. Auctioning yeah, today. we we've got I mean, we got to we got to consider selling that. I mean, David, 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 
Seriously. I mean, $1.7 million. That's insane. And you know what that's from? That's from $1.7 million. $1.7 Earth. It's actually one uh, 1.771. It should sell for 1776. Would that be great? Oh my gosh. Who's buying that? Seriously, who has $1.7 million for a lock of his hair? I mean, Mount Vernon has a lock of his hair. And uh, by the way, it's a complete coincidence that uh, and completely unrelated that I am selling a baggie full of uh, George Washington's hair. It's white hair. I got a big baggie full of it. It's complete coincidence, by the way, that I got a haircut this weekend. Don't tie those two things together. I hesitate to to bring this up, but you may know uh, you, this is your area. So I hesitate to bring this up. But I'm reading a story here <laughs> that says the bidding in the auction was up to $1,771. Not $1.7 million, but $1,700. Is that possible that somehow one of these stories... <laughs> completely wrong or maybe it's just been bit up a lot since the story i have but i am a bit concerned because that's a big a big gap well, see, in those two stories yeah see in 2019 it sold for thirty-five thousand. it couldn't be up to a another it couldn't be a, a 1771 and it couldn't be it couldn't be one point i don't where did i read it this story you're right this story is Does not it, it also says because, I mean, look, I, I still think $1,700 is a lot for a freaking couple pieces of hair, but oh, not man, 1.7 million. I thought million. David and I were going to be able to... <laughs> you were going to retire. We're going to retire. You were ready to retire on the to, George Washington's hair I was ready to say, market. you know what? We're ethical people. <laughs> we would never take anything out of the, the Mercury Museum vault. But, but see you later. It's a ring. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> Just put an IOU in, in the I in the know vault. I read it today. Yeah, 1,000... This is why, honestly... Mm-hmm. This is I'm I'm on drugs. I'm on drugs today. <laughs> you, I will say you did tell me that before the I show. Did. I'm going to be on heavy drugs for the show for yeah. my back pain. Right. And please I said, watch every word that I'm saying. Right. Right. And so that, maybe this is a good example of why I should not be on the air today. Right. I mean, look, numbers are hard. Math are. is is a, is a challenge. No, I know many. I read it someplace, or at least. The drugs were telling me that I was reader. Now, you can't. That macaroni story, you better check the fat kid with the macaroni. There's no way the macaroni story is true no now. Way. Would you look that up? The macaroni Literally. fat kid story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Macaroni yeah. No, fat kid. <laughs> Egypt. Suez, uh, uh, Suez, Suez Canal. Egypt. Uh, let's just see. Let's see what comes up. Got to be your story. That story's got to be completely uh, false. Uh, this one goes directly to a book called "Parting the Desert: The Creation of the Suez Canal." Now, and you got I, that by googling "fat kid fat macaroni Suez Canal." Everyone at home, you can do it yourself. <laughs> Just go to, now do "fat uh, uh, macaroni fat kid Suez Canal Egypt," and that's what comes up. So I think that one so is that at least was probably based on good. Something. Well, here's the deal. Some of this hair from George Washington goes for $1.7 million. So it's a steal today. If you're interested in George Washington's hair, $1,700 and it is yours. 
to you. <laughs> Think about it. You can buy the $1,700 hair okay, so I and thought sell this it was, for $1.7 I thought million. this was crazy, and the only way I could explain it is because rich people are doing crazy things right now. Yeah. They're buying and bidding things up like crazy. Well, the what is the NFT market? That's Which, the by craziest the way, example of it, right? These like uh, non-fungible tokens. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. I mean, in this... <laughs> I mean, in this drug-induced state, mm-hmm. I mean, I could tell them anything right now. Yeah, yeah there was actually a, a Glenn Beck photo that sold for four hundred million dollars on the NFT market yesterday. Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yep. Why are you still here then? <laughs> <laughs> American Financing right. NMLS one eight two three three four www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm hearing voices. So when you're looking at the rest of 2021, uh, most mar- uh, market experts think that it's pretty unlikely that mortgage rates are going to go stay down in the 2% range. Uh, the Fed says they're going to do this for the next 200,000 years. I don't know. No. <laughs> they, the Fed said that they are, uh, uh, that they are going to keep the uh, rates down for the next two years. I don't know how they're going to do that, um, but when we get inflation, you have to raise the interest rate. If you are looking for a loan, it is going to get hard for you to be able to get a new mortgage or a consolidation loan as time goes on because of several factors. One, if you're a conservative, I think you're going to have real problems and you will understand the depth of those problems on Wednesday night special because that's exactly what we're talking about with the uh, the ESG score that everyone's going to be receiving. Um, the other is it's going to take more for your credit score to be able to buy anything in the future. They are going to be really tight on trying to lend things out because things are going to go sideways. Um, and you're going to have a hard time paying it if the interest rate is way up or if the economy is screwed. Please call American Financing today. Save as much money as you can. Do this now. American Financing. You could also buy a lock of his hair. <laughs> American Financing, although that market has collapsed just recently, like today, about five minutes ago, oh my that gosh, market really? just collapsed. <laughs> yeah. Markets are unpredictable. Uh, <laughs> American <laughs> Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, 10 seconds station ID. That's why we got that ring so cheap. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that we did pay about two grand for it. <sighs> okay, Stu, can you explain the non-fungible assets or whatever they non-fungible uh, token token yeah. uh, very poorly i can yeah, okay. i can do that yes. uh did you hear my macaroni and fat kid story <laughs> <laughs> i did that was very good it was, uh, it was a great if story. you missed it today you got to go back to the mm. podcast it is a fascinating story on the suez canal and how it was actually built and it does actually involve a fat kid mm-hmm. macaroni mm-hmm. and a frenchman mm-hmm. it's true uh so the non-fungible token thing is Basically, you can own a, a, it's basically a piece of digital art, right? And the digital art, in theory, can be anything. It can be something that someone's, you know, like a, a, a an actual piece of art that someone's created, or it could just be like a photo, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, a there's been people, the NBA got into this pretty early, and they've been selling footage of famous NBA plays on the mm-hmm. on the market. And, of course, this doesn't mean that, like, you get to watch it and no one else does. Right. You Remember uh, during, uh, remember the uh, Pharma Bro? Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he was the, the pharma bro. He was he was a CEO of a of a pharmaceutical company that raised the price of like one specific rare you know med- medication for mm-hmm. a rare disease uh, up to you know, like ten thousand percent in a day, and he got all sorts of criticism. Um, and he was eventually in prison uh, <laughs> because of okay. that and other related things. Okay, you can believe this story today from Stu because he's telling it. <laughs> I'm on drugs, but different drugs, right. totally okay. different yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he, uh, in the middle of all that, bought like a Wu-Tang Clan album for like a million dollars. Oh, I remember this. And it was the only copy of it. So he owned the only copy and no mm. one else could listen to it. And it's not the only copy because they were destroyed or anything else. No one wanted. They only, they did the plan we were talking about. They made one and tried to sell it for like a million dollars. No, it wasn't. Crazy. They did. One person bought it. So... It's kind of like that. Like you have ownership, and no one can no one can say that it's that you don't own it. You do, uh, but there's all sorts of bizarre sort of side effects yeah, to this, and how you so project like it and what it means. So I'd like to talk to you about that. One digital artist just sold a NFT for sixty five million dollars, uh-huh. which makes him, I think, the third uh-huh. most, uh, uh-huh. uh, I guess, uh, powerful person in art when uh-huh. it comes to uh, ability to sell. Yeah. Let's talk about that here yeah. for just a second. This is the Glenn Beck program. So I've been trying to shed the, you know, the old freshman 50 uh, <laughs> lately. Wait, how many? The COVID 80, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying to eat healthier. But there's a problem. I hate healthy food. I hate everything that is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, I really have a problem with that. It's true. Um, but until they can come up with a skinny suit, you know. I guess eating healthy and God forbid exercise is my next thing. But anyway, um, part of eating healthy is being able to have a snack when you want one. That's not a carrot. I love sweets and uh, a protein bar does not ever sound good to me. However, built bar is a protein bar. Keep it to yourself. Uh, It's really good for you. It's high in fiber, high in protein, low carb, but they're really good. They're low calorie too. And they're made with real chocolate. It's the marvels of modern science. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code BECK15 and get 15% off your next order. You're going to really like these. Your mouth will thank me. Better than your butt thanking me, but Builtbar.com. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The it's promo the code is control. You can try the promo code drugs but i don't think that one's gonna work (laughs) this is the glenn beck program when it says on the bottle don't take and operate heavy machinery (laughs) i don't consider a radio program heavy heavy machinery but i think it is i think you should start thinking of it that way i think it is yes i think it is because we have a bunch of topics yeah. to, to cover that we haven't discussed yet, but mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a little concerned. You're a little concerned? I'm a tad concerned at this ah, point. Ah, this isn't heavy machinery. Look at the, the microphone. It's not heavy at all. It's not heavy machinery. Go ahead. Physically. Run them by me. Well, like, we are 
going to talk about the George Floyd trial. Probably a bad idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> Probably a bad idea. It's a idea. bad idea on a normal I'm day. On a normal day, but a day when I've I've got some things coursing through my uh, blood that uh, where I don't re- where I almost don't have a filter. That's a good thing. Except if you live in America today. Mm-hmm. Then that would could be then a, it would be it could be a very bad thing. I, we have the the vaccinations going on. And uh, some of the stuff over the weekend with COVID. I think we could go there. Go ahead. You got you got something? You got something? We could talk. Because you mentioned earlier. Well, no, see, I just feel like going into any of this stuff is with you at this point. It's just pointless. <laughs> any of it is. <laughs> I, I, I saw the new Bob Odenkirk movie this weekend. Oh, really? Did yes, you? Nobody. Hey, I, you mm-hmm. know, I saw uh, last night and this came as a shock to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought to myself, we were picking a movie. And I've been doing a lot of, you know, uh, research on history and, and everything. And so uh, the Titanic kind of crossed my path. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, maybe it's been long enough. Maybe it's been long enough. I only saw it in the movie theater once. And my kids are teenagers and they've never seen the movie. And maybe, maybe it's been long enough to watch it again and actually enjoy it. Right. Because you watch it once and then that's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much it's it. a three and a half hour yeah. extravaganza. Yeah. Dirge. dirge. Yeah, dirge yeah. is a good word yeah. for it's it. It's got like, you know, it's got about 30 minutes of really great entertainment jam-packed into a three and a half hour movie. Right. And then there's a lot of like intricate, nuanced class war love triangle stuff that you just want to. Yeah, that yeah. stuff. Okay. It's like it's like uh, Attack of the Clones, the Star Wars movie, which is a, was the second of the prequel uh, three no i've never gone back there's not enough time no but you you watch that one back there's a good 45 minute movie there <laughs> it, there is a, a legitimately good 45 minute movie have you ever there. watched movies where you thought if i had scissors i could edit this thing yes. into a great 30 minute episode of you know a tv show i'm telling you that one is a good example of it there's great scenes there's great fight scenes there's great battles is that the and one with jar jar like, binks no that's the one after jar jar binks okay. so jar jar is pretty much not in the second one. Oh yeah this is one way he's got that headdress and he's like some like i don't know admiral or something yeah i think he, he got promoted after yeah. the first movie which is he got promoted to never being on screen again yeah. somehow yeah <laughs> it is well odd... he was so good you just don't want to <laughs> You don't want to wear that out. You know what I mean? And George Lucas is good at knowing when you don't want to wear things out. Right. So, yes, that's definitely thing. I think that you could definitely do like the the, the optimal Titanic movie length is about an an hour 18. You know what I mean? That seems like about like you about a 78 minute movie is probably pretty good in Titanic. I do remember it dragging a little bit. So did you wind up watching this? So we watched it last night and my daughter did not want to watch it. She did not want to watch it. And she's like, Dad, I don't, I'm not interested in the Titanic story. And then I had to switch gears. Leonardo DiCaprio, she's like, he is quite beautiful. And <laughs> yeah, I yeah, said, I yeah, yeah. Yes. And it's three and a half hours of, uh, <laughs> you know, a love story with him. Mm. And somebody gets naked. I didn't tell her that it wasn't him. Yeah. But uh, somebody gets naked. And uh, she's like, I don't want to watch it. And she watched it begrudgingly mm-hmm. last night. And even Rafe watched it with us. And he was like, can we stop with the let? And I'm like, just keep it quiet. I swear to you, there's a great payoff. The boat's destroyed. Lots of destruction. Mm -hmm. Lots of death. You're going to like it. He's a 16-year-old. 16-year-old kid. Yeah. So they they both watched it with Tanya and I. And 
shockingly, and you may not be, you may not have approached your time, mm-hmm. but shockingly, there is enough time that can go by that you will actually enjoy it again. So it was good. It was actually really good. My daughter, <laughs> she was just sobbing at the end. She's just sobbing. And she sits up and she's like, I just love that movie so much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. How did this, did this Celine Dion still as annoying as I remember it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's worse than you remember. The boat sinking scene was pretty solid. It, it wasn't this the first like kind of real CGI that looked good. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, I know they did a lot of because did a lot of practical know, the, stuff. In that yeah. Too, they, right? I've got yeah. pictures of them. You know, I think the scene where he's like, oh, the king of the world. I think that was. <laughs> don't take. We have no. Don't give don't a fact. Take this anything today. We had a discussion before we came back on the air that you should not. That Glenn should not be responsible for any facts for the rest of the show. Just, you know, hey, you want. I watched a movie. I watched the that's movie. A, that's, that's a it. safe that's space it. for for this yeah. show right now. Yeah, or I think I watched a movie because you are going like the Titanic. You're going, going to crash into an iceberg here yeah, at any yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I think that they filmed that in like Santa Monica. Uh, Could be wrong because I think there's a giant Ferris wheel that would have shown up in that scene. So I don't know, but they they actually built parts of the ship and they filmed it outside yeah which you just don't do anymore a little expensive and you know it was a very expensive movie and at the time the highest grossing movie of all time we're like you know i heard titanic was pretty good yeah (laughs) okay so but here's the thing i do Mm -hmm. want you know because rafe was like the movie came out after that beat this one at the box office what is that thing oh god avatar avatar terrible he's like it's so much better and i'm like i don't get it i didn't accept i think it is some sort of a uh, joe biden hunter biden lie yep or some sort of ukrainian thing somebody got paid off it's on it's on hunter's laptop it's on there you'll get this whole thing will be uncovered because i never understood that no one understands it It, it's this dumb environmentalist movie with a bunch of blue people no one knows any of the plot points no one knows any of the character names and it's supposedly the highest grossing film of all time and has created an entire amusement park around it i don't i don't understand i really nobody has ever said to me oh my gosh nobody's ever quoted lines from that movie no no one does like like i mean you know i'm the king of the world you know that line yeah spoonful of sugar you know that line I know all the lines from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You know, well, of you, course you do. But, yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know lines that come from, you know, movies. There's nothing in There's that. There's nothing, nothing remarkable about nothing. it. The only thing that was an achievement at all was the technology behind it. The movie itself is Big a deal. heap, is what it is. It's a heap. And the fact that they're making, he's been making these next two sequels for, it seems like, a hundred years. And no one asked for them. There's no one around saying, you know what? I need an Avatar 2 and an Avatar 3. Go ahead, James Cameron. I don't even know. I've watched the movie. I don't even remember the storyline enough to go, oh, I really wonder what happened to that blue one. Is that, <laughs> I mean, right. isn't it basically, it's just if you took the Ewoks storyline and made a movie out of it, right? Like in in Star Wars, just like, here's the, uh, you know, the people 
They're, 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 they're creatures. Nobody wanted the Ewok story. Nobody wanted it. No. No, not even the kids. No, not even the Ewoks. No, the Ewoks, the Ewoks actually are like, we wrecked it. this movie. <laughs> right? Yes, and they did. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, here's the simple people be in the mean technology people, those capitalists, you know, let's make a statement against capitalism and technology while, uh, you know, making ourselves $760 million. There has to be people that are older than 16 that like that movie for it to be i just think if it wasn't for actual dollars being spent i wouldn't believe that is the highest grossing film of all time. and it's not anymore by the way um oh, uh, avengers endgame has passed it and star wars episode seven the force awakens has passed it uh so it is it's now th- it is now all third. of our taste is in our mouth yeah titanic's down to six did you know that well, uh, is it adjusted today's dollars? Adjusted? Uh, this one, I don't think this one is yeah. adjusted. You got to adjust uh, them. Yeah, let me do that. Uh, uh, We're just waiting here because I'm. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm I, so I've got so much medicine in me right okay. now. I'm just like hmm, we could just. Some of these, I think, I always think the inflation-adjusted thing just tells us the story about inflation, not necessarily the movie. Like, yeah. for example, number one all-time inflation-adjusted is Gone with the Wind. Uh, adjusted. Well, that one was like. Didn't like 80 or 90 percent of the again facts. Uh, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like everybody saw that movie and an estimated number of tickets sold 202 million, which is by far the highest of all time. So that I mean, it's a legitimate number one. And if you have to now, there wasn't as much competition. There's a lot of different variables here. But number two, that's one point eight five billion dollars all time. Number two, Star Wars Episode four, A New Hope, one point six billion Number three is The Sound of Music, 1.3 billion. E.T. is number four, 1.3 billion. Titanic is number five, 1.2 billion. There was a story I read, I think. There was a story I read today (laughs) that was all about the hidden sexual stuff of the Van Van Tropp family or whatever their names were in Sound of Music. What's happening? And I don't, I know, I don't even know why I read it. I read, I was fascinated by it because it was like uh, adults understood all of the innuendos. And I'm like, what innuendos in that? And they were talking about when one of the kids put a, this is one of the examples. When one of the kids put a pine cone in her chair and she sat down, all the adults knew what that was. I'm like, people that put, Pine cones up their ass? What the? I mean, okay. what? All right. See, this no, is serious. All right. No, we got seriously. You. That's. I mean, let's take a. Uh, let's take it. Do we have? A, is mean, there such a thing as a drug commercial break? Like, is there a re- seriously? What does the emergency what alert system do if it's not going off right now? <laughs> what does that mean? I, what? He <laughs> just. Thank you. Right. No, 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 don't, don't do, do that. that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is one of these days. Here I am. Just I'm just fighting for these affiliates to keep their license. That's all I'm doing here today. I don't even know what we're talking no, seriously. about anymore. Come on. No, tell me no, what don't that... go back. Don't go further. Just... I can tell you the other thing that was happening. I don't... I don't even understand that one. I don't think you should. I think you should move on. All right. Let should... me tell you about LifeLock. That's what you should do. Identity scams. Yes. Are happening. People post. They, 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 no, they. <laughs> Don't give examples. They pose as nuns, and they're not. They like to sit up. More people are looking for ways to protect themselves from cyber criminals. In fact, 60% of Americans believe it's likely that identity theft will cause them some sort of financial loss in the next year. That's 60%. 
Wow. Yeah, that's a big number. It's a big number. Mm-hmm. Not as big as 1.7 million. No. For a baggie of hair. <laughs> oh. But uh, <laughs> it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft. You know, this is, this is, don't do drugs, kids. Don't. This is, don't, just say no. Every day, you put your information at risk on the internet, and in an instant, a cybercriminal can harm what's yours, your finances, your credits, even your name and reputation. That is the only thing that really you should worry about in the end, getting your good name back. How do you, how do you get this off of your record? How do you restore your name? LifeLock is there. They not only, I mean, nobody can stop all cyber threats and, you know, keep everybody safe. However... They do the best job out there. And beyond that, they have a team that is specially designed. If something, God forbid, happens, that team goes to work to help you clean up the mess. It is LifeLock. LifeLock.com. Save 25% off your first year. Another pretty good big number. Mm. Uh, Mm 25% off. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Promo code back for 25% off now. LifeLock.com. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, the uh, defense has uh, delivered their opening statement now in the George Floyd trial, which due to the medication I'm on today, I'm not going to take it on. I'm not going to talk about it, but... uh... How'd you like to be that guy? I mean, if you're having a bad day, just think, hey, you're not that police officer. Or the defense attorney for the police officer. You imagine. Did you hear the New York Times uh, podcast today? I didn't listen to it. No, the Daily. Oh, my gosh. No. I'm sure they they were talking about how they were playing the they were playing the uh, interviews for all of the jurors and uh, the defense. Was it the defense? Uh, no, the um, uh, prosecution said uh, to the one juror, what do you think about COVID? Well, I mean, what do you mean? What do I think about COVID? I mean, how do you feel about COVID? Do you think that we did the right thing? You know, and they said this woman said, well, no, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I think it was all started. It's real. And I think it started out as doing the right thing. And we were just trying to figure it out. But I think it's gotten a little out of control. And they dismissed her because that was a covert way of finding out if you are a conservative or not. And apparently you can't be a conservative and uh, for the prosecution. And they talked about how that was really important. And then they played somebody that the uh, defense uh, weeded out. And it was somebody who said, well, I've already made up my mind, uh, you know, on this, but I'm open uh, because I don't know all the facts. So if there's new facts, I'm I'm perfectly willing to. And, well, do you feel that the police are, you know, racist? Oh, yeah. The, the police are racist, blah, blah, blah. And the New York Times actually said after that, you know, Michael Barbaro. So do you think that maybe this figures into uh, a bigger statement that you could now be taken off of a jury because you believe in something that is true? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? Oh, police are all racist? Is yeah. that the implication I mean, that's, there? that was the implication that um, that guy was telling the truth. 
But the truth, you know, the defense is going to make sure that, you know, those truth tellers aren't on the jury. But the other person that tells the truth that, you know, COVID, you know, it was a good thing, you know, what we did at the beginning, but then got out of control. That's not truth. That's not truth. Amazing. It is remarkable what's happening there. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Glenn Beck Program.